Hello and bienvenidos to Ancestors in Mente podcast with me, your host, Alan Chirino. To learn more about the show and see additional content related to each episode, visit and follow the show's Instagram page at Ancestors in Mente. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. Now, on with the show. Welcome, welcome, and muchos thank yous for joining me in another episode of Ancestors and Mente Podcast, the show where we talk about all things impacting and influencing the Latinx community and where spirituality meets mental health for elevating our minds and collective through ancestral wisdom. In this episode, we're talking about Hispanic Latino Latinx Heritage Month because there's way more to it than just dancing salsa, shaking maracas, and eating tacos. And there's definitely more to it than just hugging your fellow Latino. Stay tuned. Okay, so in this episode... I'm using a deck called Karma Cards by Monty Farber. And it's an astrological deck that splits up into the planets, signs, and houses. And you typically do a reading using all three of those kinds of cards. Pero since I'm uh, doing a one card pull, I'm shuffling them all together and then I'm, and then I'm gonna be pulling. So as I'm shuffling, I'm asking, what wisdom can we benefit from for living, uh, living well and with peace and balance? Okay. So the card that we come up with is the planet Venus. Okay. So, uh, these cards have three different answers that give responses on the spiritual level, the mental level and physical level. So for the spiritual, it says cherish. For the mental, it says enjoy. And for the physical, it says charm, art, and beauty are the way to. And like I said, these are supposed to usually be read in combination with other cards, but that's okay. We're going to see what the Venus message is for us in the book. Okay. Okay, so... Uh, Venus. It says, Venus is the planet of romantic love and beauty and the arts are associated and the arts that are associated with them. Sociable Venus rules over parties and pleasurable meetings. She accomplishes her goals by attracting only what she wants and rejecting the rest, thus making taste and values two of her special talents. Diplomacy, tact, and, gentle, and gentleness are a few of the arts that are ruled by Venus. In fact, Venus rules beautiful art in general, art that involves refined forms and designs because everything must achieve harmony before usefulness. The love and beauty of Venus have the power to unite and heal us, and a more desirable and powerful combination is difficult to imagine. Venus rules our senses of touch, taste, and smell. Venus's message. Love the good in all things and observe how all good things will be attracted to you. Keywords are the feminine principle, attract, acquire, love, beautify, 
enhance, behave tastefully, socialize, be sociable, enjoy, value, form, discriminate, harmonize, unite, combine, refine, diplomacy, tact, gentleness, gentleness, heal, be kind, make peace, love, and art. Okay, so... <clears throat> so basically, uh, Venus energy, um, I want to say is about refining our skills so that when we look so, so much actually like that we refine the skills that they look like art and that they're beautiful. And obviously then to refine, we need to do things over and over again with intention and focus. And it requires us to be delicate in how we also go about that refining. As the book said, like diplomacy, tact, and gentleness are a few of the arts ruled by Venus. So consider looking at refining your skills in your life, especially the ones that are most important to you. And that doesn't necessarily mean skills like like this, like job skills or like uh, crafting skills or anything like that. It can also be, as we're using that idea about like diplomacy intact, it could be also in the way that you refine your skills and how you um, have conversations with other people or how you communicate with other people um, and, and also the way that you act. Um, the other message that I think is great to hear is how Venus's message is to love the good in all things and observe how all good things will be attracted to you. Um, and I think this is important to take as a message, like as a way of like spiritual training of some sorts, love the good in all things. It's not saying to forget or ignore all of the other things, right? But I say it's like training because it's trying to find the good, the beauty in things, but also in situations that we find ourselves in and also with the people that we encounter. And that kind of idea reminds me of how practicing Buddhists would come to acknowledge the beauty or uh, the Buddha and others. And and it's actually the meaning, I think, behind uh, Namaste, which where you're bowing in reverence to the divine and the other person, just as it exists within you. So try to live with that kind of eye and observance, and you'll be sure to see the world very differently and be able to live with peace in your heart. It's Topic de Potema time, and we're looking at National Hispanic Heritage Month. It starts on September 15th and goes through October 15th. But have you ever thought about what the month actually is and why we celebrate it? Or what is it exactly that we're actually celebrating? And is it just about celebrating? Find out on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> uh just kidding just kidding that was actually a my minor um anime reference so dragon ball z or as we can ho horribly translate to las pelotas del dragon zeta was a show i watched as a kid with my brother on tsunami when it was on cartoon network um if you know then you know i feel like i shouldn't even have to explain dragon ball z to anyone since it's been around for like 10 year 10 plus years so anyway 
Hispanic Heritage Month is supposed to be a time for celebrating the many contributions and influences Latinx peoples have had on U.S. culture, accomplishments, and socio-political history. And con razón, right? Because it's with reason that we get recognition since we've been around from the get-go, and also before the U.S. ever even took shape. The history is pretty rocky, I will say that. And it's full of problems. And there's definitely no argument about the fact that Latinos were even around before English settlers is completely due to Spanish colonialism. So there's that pesky, pesky colonialism again. Oh, colonialism. Oh, colonists. <sighs> but Tejanos were there fighting for Texas independence in 1836, and Cuban women were donating their money and jewelry to George Washington's Continental Army during the siege of Yorktown in 1781. But moving away from colonial times, we also see that between 250,000 to 500,000 Latinos fought in World War II as well. And there's more to our contributions other than just war efforts. Mexican families in California had won a landmark case in 1947 for desegregating Mexican elementary students from being forced to attend schools for Mexicans in the Mendez versus Westminster case. Many of the strategic choices and legal analyses, by the way, that were used in the later Brown versus Board of Education case, you know, the one where it ended up determining that racial segregation in public schools was unconstitutional, that one, they were taken from the Mendez versus uh, Westminster case. Um, then you have the world's first patent for color TV, and that was invented by Guadalajara-born Mexican inventor named Guillermo González Camarena. And that TV ended up being used uh, and it actually ended up being the standard system used in 1950 by the U.S. Federal Communications Commission. That's a big whoop. <laughs> um, I mean, come on. First patent for color TV. You're welcome. Um, moving up to more recent years, we see that immigrants, the majority of them being from Latin America, were responsible for boosting uh, the value of the housing market by 3.7 trillion motherfucking dollars. That's bread, loot, Benjis, tamales, guap, bucks, you know what I mean, between the years of 2000 to 2010. And in 2016, Latinos composed 16.8%. That's 26.8 million Latinos of the labor force which has been increasing throughout these years. They're responsible for business growth and are likely to start businesses than any other ethnic group, including non-Hispanic white Americans. So that paint and sip that you see on the corner, probably owned by a Latino. That bodega, definitely owned by a Latino. <laughs> um, what else? I don't know. Whatever you can think of, okay? That ShopRite franchise, I don't know. Probably owned by a Latino. 
congratulations. We're all over the place. <laughs> Culturally, we see Latinx contributions all over the place as well. From the love of artists like J-Lo, Shakira, uh, Ricky Martin, Cardi B, Bad Bunny, Nicky Jam, Rosalia, Camila Cabello, all of those and so many more. Plus all of the actors and actresses in Hollywood, we see how much Latino influences popular uh, music and film. And do not get me started on all of the foods and words that are common staples in American homes and coming out of American mouths. Like this sentence, want to have a barbecue later? We're gonna make a tomato and avocado salad from produce we bought at the bodega on the corner. Bam! The majority of those nouns are coming from Latin American uh, words and Spanish and also that food and all that other stuff that I mentioned too, that tomatoes, avocado, purely Hispanic. You're welcome again. So I will even say that Latinx um, people even gave the most iconic character of American history, which is the cowboy. And that was based off of Mexican vaqueros. And even the country music, bro, was ha has its roots in Mexican rancheras. So the very least we could get was a month dedicated to Hispanic, Latino, Latinx heritage. But here's the thing. As I asked earlier, what exactly is this month about? Well... Let's look at how Hispanic Heritage Month came came to be. So at first it wasn't a month. It was actually just a week. And it was first introduced by President Lyndon B. Johnson in 1968. And would eventually be made into a month in the Reagan presidency in 1988. Can you believe that shit? It took these people 20 years to decide to give us at least a month rather than a week. Tremendo come mierda. But anyway, the dates chosen were for September 15th. So that's when it starts, right? And that's because it coincides with the Independence Days for El Salvador, Costa Rica, Guatemala, Nicaragua, and Honduras. Mexico would become independent on the 16th, so a day later. And Chile would follow up on the 18th. And then the reason... And then part of the thing that also coincides within this month is later on in October 12th, on October 12th, there's also Dia de la Raza, which is a Latin American version, actually, of Columbus Day. So same problematic celebration, but with a different name. And that's celebrated in Costa Rica, Argentina, Honduras, Ecuador, Chile, Mexico, and Uruguay. So it's pretty, it's pretty celebrated. But Dia de la Raza is um, not so much of like this influence on Christopher Columbus himself, but it's more on like all the um, mixtures of cultures and ethnicities and races that came about later on. Dia de la Raza, Raza meaning race. Um, I mean, idealistically, that's what it's supposed to be, but we also know that there's Lots that's not represented there anyway. But anyway, so <clears throat> the U.S. Census Bureau states that Hispanic Heritage Month 
recognizes and celebrates the contributions of Americans tracing their roots to Spain, Mexico, Central America, South America, and the Spanish-speaking nations of the Caribbean have made to society and culture. And while this explanation mentions Central and South Americans, the term Hispanic references Spanish influences on culture. So that excludes those Central and South American countries that were not colonized by the Spanish, like Belize, uh, Brazil, uh, French Guinea, and so on. Okay? So uh, that's Hispanic National Hispanic Heritage Month, and because it uses that word, actually does tend to kind of exclude countries that are not of Spanish origin. Um, So with the recent popularity and use of Latinx, some have actually called for rebranding the month as Latinx Heritage Month. And before that, actually, Latino Heritage Month to include other countries that are otherwise invisible or underrepresented. And that brings me to my next point. Do we just use this month for celebrating? I mean, I'm all up for festejando and partying it up like no other, but part of Heritage Month is also educating. And I would suggest that we use this month for educating people of the many needs of the Latin American community. One of them being uh, would be to bring in more representation of Black, Indigenous, and other people of color that are often kept in shadows and dubbed for Spanish or racially mixed faces in the media. And when I say racially mixed faces, but they're, they're so ambiguous that you can't tell whether they are actually um, of like, uh, you know, African heri- um, origin, indigenous origin. It's just like they tend to be lighter skinned and so on. Those are the ones that are often more favored also in media. Um, Another is pushing for reform, obviously, in immigration policy, uh, better health care, and figuring out how to help Latinos with unemployment problems and other economic issues. And yeah, yeah, I know this all sounds very political, but it's kind of, it is really important because these are the things that actually really do affect our community and have been affecting our community for, for decades. Um, because, uh, there was another thing. Oh yeah. So, uh, in the Latinx population, right? It's reached in the United States in 2019, it reached 60.6 million, um, people according to Pew Research Center statistics. Unemployment for Latinos is at 14 or was at 14.5% in June. That's just three months ago. La cosa está mala. Especially since 59%, I'm gonna just be spewing a whole bunch of statistics to you guys right now, but especially because 59% of Latinos surveyed back in April reported not having enough emergency funds to cover them for three months worth of expenses. So. That's a huge that's that's a huge percentage of people. So with unemployment rates being so high in the Latino population, you have a whole bunch of families that do not have money to, um, you know, to get through. And if we have another, you know, another quarantine or closing down of of the economy um, with this with these months coming up, then 
you're going to have a whole slew of people back in the same situation or in a worse situation even. Um, and these are important issues that need to be addressed. And we actually really need to bring actual remedies to. So, like I said, last checked in 2019, there were 60.6 million Latinos reported. That's about 18% of the U.S. population. And we're talking U.S. citizens, by the way. For any of those smart asses out there that are trying to be like, oh, yeah, well, a lot of those people aren't, uh, you know, of legal status. Bueno, papito. Actually, they are. <laughs> they, they, these uh, 18% of people that we're talking about are, are actually citizens. Um, so if we go down, se jodieron los demás. Everybody else is going to feel that too, especially in specific industries. Lastly... I think we need to also use Heritage Month as a time for dispelling myths and misinformation about Latinos. That we are of many identities, for example, many religions, ethnicities, and races. This is the very truth about who we are. We're no carne guisada or casserole. No, no, no. No, we're, we don't have this whole thing of like all these things where like they meld in all together and then they get lost in, you know, you're at one point eating un pedazo de carne and then you just, I don't know, you, you're eating a papa instead. Uh, what we're talking about is uh, we're us maintaining all parts of these different identities because Latinos have been known for, uh, for, assim for not assimilating, sorry, we do not assimilate. Meaning we don't dissolve and just become a part of the general American culture. Instead, we actually acculturate, meaning we'll learn English, we'll adapt to cultural norms, and look towards education and working hard as ways to move up. But we're likely to maintain our roots. We'll also tend to transform dominant ideologies into something else, something new that all of us feel comfortable with and celebrating and being a part of. So I think that we also need to dispel misunderstandings about the legal statuses and citizenships of Latinxes living in the U.S., since the majority are either born in the, in the States or are naturalized. Like I mentioned earlier about that statistic of 60.6 million, those are all U.S. citizens. Again, Pew Research Center reports that four and five Latinos in the U.S. are citizens. And, oh, like I said before, 71% of Latinos aged five and older were English proficient, meaning we... They already speak English. They're and they're very prof well proficient, meaning like you know they're fluent in it. They know how to read, write it, all that other stuff, and talk it. Even though the U.S. doesn't even have an official language, but for the sake of making a point, we're bilingual, and some are even multilingual. So we can say lots of insults and colorful and more ways than one. So, <laughs> so, um, this is all coming off as a rant, but I kind of just am pretty passionate about this idea of using Latinx Heritage Month as a way for also making a lot of social changes, but also, you know, legal changes too, like in legislation and stuff. So I would say, not only do we celebrate the many influences and glow-ups that we've given the United States, but we also bring attention and change to these issues while dispelling falsehoods and propaganda.
because way too many people got things mixed up and super equivocado. Okay, so I did this episode's tarot reading using the Light Seer Tarot by Chris Ann. And I've shuffled and laid out the nine card spread already. And I asked what further information do we need to know to uh, for going about Latinx Heritage Month. Okay, so the cards laid out are the Three of Pentacles, Justice, Queen of Pentacles, uh, Seven of Pentacles, Seven of Cups, Queen of Cups, Queen of Wands, the Empress, and Judgment. All right. So automatically we see that there's three queens and the Empress. And it's said that the queens in the minor suits are aspects, actually, of the Empress, with the Empress encompassing all of them. So uh, the Empress actually gives me the message for this reading about giving birth to your own world rich with abundance. This card talks about creating a life um, with how you want it to be. Something that with thinking about Latinx Heritage Month, we take as guidance with uh, creating and setting forth our realities just as our ancestors did when they came to this country. So they came as immigrants, they lived difficult lives, but as I said earlier, they came with the idea of adapting to life in the States and creating something worthwhile for themselves. Um, the queens represented here talk of how uh, we can go about creating that world by strengthening the unity of our community. Um, and I see that with the, the queen of pentacles, healing our ancestral trauma, and that's our queen of cups, and helping others, which is our queen of wands. Uh, justice, in this case, legit just talks about justice, <laughs> um, legal matters. Meaning we go about helping our community through legislation, as I mentioned earlier, when it comes to addressing Latinx issues. The, um, the Seven of Pentacles and Seven of Cups tells us that we need to be patient with what we're building and growing. Long-standing and well-rooted foundations are what make things last through the ages. It's how traditions are maintained. And speaking of tradition, um, this Three of Pentacles tells us that we should consider not only maintaining our traditions, but also create new ones. Ones that are unique for Latinos living in the States. Finally, judgment talks about liberating the spirit, a transcendence of sorts. Um, I like to think that this card is related to the Queen of Cups, really. Um, where it's talking about this ancestral healing. Liberating the spirit would mean that we've healed not only ourselves, but the karmic cycle of our ancestors that has been carried through generations. So that's also something else to consider. Um, and so there you have it. Um, there's a lot to consider with the spread about how to go about rebranding Latinx um, Heritage Month and making it a month dedicated to celebration, change and healing.
that's all we have for this episode. Thanks again for joining in at the show. I hope you're all able to look at this upcoming Heritage Month with new eyes and appreciation. And if you're liking the show, you can subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. And you can also follow the show on Instagram at Ancestors and Mente, uh, where you'll see additional content and news about upcoming shows. You can also DM me there if you have any questions or any feedback, or you just want to say hi. And uh, you can also reach me at ancestorsandmente at gmail.com. Until next time, may the ancestors guide, love, and protect you always.